I'm about to feed them to the sharks right now. Get them hype right now. Yeah. You know the ground is our. Yeah. Everybody that trains, you know the game. Yeah. So let's get it. Uh. Slap it up, bump it, and roll. Hey. Yeah, that's the way that it go. Ain't no better way to better yourself in this game. You're feeling the growth. That's it's time on the mat. We put in the work. Believe it ain't easy, I know. You know. But we train for the love of the game, the love of the art. Now slap it up, bump it, let's roll. Let's roll. Welcome to episode 100 of the BJJ Campaign Podcast. My name is Jeff Boone. I'm an A3, blue belt, four stripes. Phil Kors, A2, blue belt, four stripes. Patrick Devins, I'm an A3, blue belt, no stripes. Derek Hoffman, A4, blue belt, two stripes. Delvin Williams, A4, blue belt, four stripes. Brian Reedy, A3, blue belt, no stripes. No stripes. Yes, we got through it. Good. Okay. We did it. That's episode 100, folks. Oh, there in the books. <laughs> it's in the books. You didn't clap. Uh, let's start off. We're not going to start off with our normal Gordon Ryan update, although we are going to do it. Uh, let's just talk about everyone that's in here. These are all Phil and I's training partners. Maybe some of them are our favorite. Maybe some of our least favorite. We don't know. You're welcome. Um, but so I want to go around the horn and just have everyone introduce themselves. And whenever you do, tell how what got you into jujitsu, Patrick. Well, thank you, sir. Um, I started doing jujitsu about a year and a half, almost two years ago. Um, my nephew always talked about it and I um, was hitting sort of like the max weight I've ever been in my life. So uh, about to, you know, put on, pack on a nice 250. And I thought, well, the reason why I'm here is because exercise is really boring. I can't stand the same repetitive thing over and over again. And my nephew always talked up jujitsu that it was like, chess but chess that you know you're required to um defend yourself and and grapple with another person which is really fun like this just closer okay and um so i just walked in and tried it out and i loved it and charlie choked me Mm -hmm. and that was that um a lot of people yeah that was just it for me so did you just walk in by happenstance like to fight to win it was literally the closest uh, bjj place to my house it was seven minutes away that's awesome and it was like such a stroke of luck because john and yeah uh you know the whole lineage and steve and everybody and it was just like such a stroke of luck yeah for sure no that's good that's good Derek, i started uh about three years ago actually july will be three years and um, I started solely because of uh, because of Jeff. So that's right, kids. My success story. <laughs> one of my success stories. Maybe the only one. No, not really. The uh, I guess it was. I, I've known you for probably fifteen years, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah somewhere around there. And uh, you had invited me to an open or maybe a, a tournament at the Cabarrus Arena. That's right. It was Naga back. Um, Geez, that was 2017 or 18? I think it was 17. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was there. Yeah. So you, you, you invited me there and I saw you and it was just, it was, it was pretty obvious. There was a complete change from the old party and like boom that I knew not only like weight wise, but just everything, you know, yeah. so just complete difference of, uh, of character. And uh, so I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and that's what you said. I'm doing jujitsu. Yeah. That's why you're here. And I was like, here's Mark. <laughs> and. And so he's he started going to Mark Kukro's school, and then his wife and two daughters started doing jujitsu as well. And now his wife is a blue belt as well. 
There are no normal hugs in my household anymore. <laughs> Underhooks. Everybody is fighting for underhooks. <laughs> it's like stepbrothers. <laughs> my oldest daughter almost choked me out in the pool last year. I told her we had to have a sit down conversation after that. I was like, honey, I'm not going to tap to you. So if you can't carry me out of this pool, I know you don't want the weight of your dead dad on your shoulders. So, But her arms are so skinny and she got a good uh-huh. perfect, you know, rear naked. Got to get rid of that ego, Derek. Yeah, I do need Um, yeah, so that's been, it's probably been more now. It's probably been three and a half years, I guess. It's yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, that's and right. And so, yeah, I've been training over at uh, Mark's school uh, since then. And I travel a bunch. I, I go, like, when you guys were doing the Sunday rolls and stuff, the open mats yeah. at least. Yeah, uh, But then also other gyms, I'll go to Checkmat and I'll go to just mm-hmm. other places to see what they're doing. Yeah. Just on a whim, because it's such an open community. Everybody's like, come on in. Yeah. Let's yeah. check you. No doubt. Uh, Brian. Yeah, I started training and seats coming up on, it's coming up on two years, June 3rd. Uh, and I, I love this. So shout out to my buddy, Shane Qualls. It was, he was a guy that I used to travel with a little bit and nobody was this podcast, Brian. He's not going to hear that. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to tell him where it is so he can find it just so he knows he got a shout out. Uh, but it, it was, it was funny cause we were going to fights together and, uh, we both kind of were, were, we had been talking about starting to train jujitsu. And, and so he went back home to Amarillo and, uh, and started and sent me a text and I got started and, and I didn't start. And then two weeks later in the mail, uh, I got a gi which that he had sent me. So I took that and said, what a great sign to get started. And I immediately put in my closet and, uh, and did not start. And then about two months later, he sent me a pic of his first stripe and he said, don't, and it said, don't let me get too far out ahead of you. And literally, uh, two days later, I walked in to fight to win in Charlotte on a Saturday for an open mat. And, and Marty looked up at me and handed me the paperwork and sent me off and said, come back Monday and then proceeded to take bets as to whether or not I would or would not come back. So, and, uh, and been there ever since. So you went back that Monday. That's a good friend right there, man. To keep on you like that. Oh man. I mean, he's, uh, you're absolutely right. I got him to thank for it for sure. Yeah, that's good. Delvin. Man, which one you want? I got two. Yo, I want both of them. All right. So, yeah, I started. I mean, I was challenged by a buddy of mine, my last assignment in the Air Force. Uh, we were kind of doing like some very unofficial mixed martial arts jujitsu. And he's like, dude, when you get back to the States, you got to do jujitsu. And I tried. I was 37 then. And I was trying to look for any excuse not to do it because I was like, oh, yeah, I don't want to do this. It looks looks rough. I don't want to do it. And basically... I made the decision because I had done Taekwondo for years at stopped doing it. And when I moved in, moved to Texas, I was pulling out some stuff and just realized that I was doing myself a disservice by not being a student somewhere. And so the next day I went and did a walk in. Uh, Jason Casillas, that's now he's a black belt, but he's a good buddy of mine who was a advanced purple belt at the time, walked into his school and started from him and all he ever did was talk jujitsu, jujitsu, and jujitsu. I'm like, good God, he's eight up. I'll never be like that. And now I'm on a podcast. All lies. <laughs> all, all lies, completely. On a podcast talking about it. So how long after that 37, so how many years did you wait? Or was it not years? No, it wasn't years. It was It was just a matter of months. Like uh-huh. It went from, by the time I got to <clears throat> Texas, it was start of 2015. Mm-hmm. 
Holy crap. Yeah, started 2015, and mm-hmm. then in February 2015, I started jujitsu. Yeah. So it's been like a little bit over six years total time. Wow. Then I came here to fight to win September of 17. And remember walking in and Jason at the get at the time, he was like at advanced purple belt or just put on brown belt, coming to fight to win Charlotte the first day. And there's like eight purple belts lined up against the wall. And I'm like, what did I get myself mm-hmm. into? Like, and yeah, that was, and since then it's been, I don't know, it's been crazy. Like I, I never would have thought jujitsu would have had the impact on my life at, that it did. Mm-hmm. And then when, you know, I, you start setting just certain personal goals for yourself and then you start seeing new people come in and setting goals and you want to help them out with that. And, and it definitely becomes just a whole family type thing. Mm-hmm. That's what it's become. It's, it's crazy. It's good. Uh, on your um, Taekwondo, did you find that having done previous martial arts helped you learn in jujitsu? No? I'd say yes, at least in that year you expect a certain amount of aggression. Like mm-hmm. the one thing mm-hmm. I loved about Taekwondo is that like I was in a work environment where like people didn't appreciate my effort. It was annoying. It was frustrating. Mm-hmm. And then when you go in, when I went into Taekwondo and I kicked and I punched and I shouted, it was rewarded. Mm-hmm. And because I was in there busting my tail and I was like working hard and same thing in jujitsu. You come in there and you bust your ass every time you work hard and you're humble and you listen, mm-hmm. then results come. Like yep. guaranteed every time. And that's what I learned. And that's one of the most rewarding things about it where you look back and it's crazy that I've been at Fight One closing on four years now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, the guy who came in there, like, like I would I wipe the floor with that dude now. Sure, of course. And, and which is which is crazy because like, you know, you just you know, you're within your own skin, you have to do that for like, you know, you know, every day, of course, and but you start measuring that time by six months at a time and looking back and yeah, you just get better as long as you put in the work. That's the important thing. Agreed. And now on to the Gordon Ryan update. Phil, what is the Gordon Ryan update? He quit again. Why did he quit? Doesn't feel good. (laughs) Is he redoing his tips? Maybe. (laughs) He could be getting his tips frosted again. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he doesn't feel good. No, they can't hear you. Yeah, because the microphone's all the way. His tummy, right? Yeah. yeah, it's his tummy. He's uh, he he can't digest <laughs> food. Uh, so, think it's the steroids. It's too much neon no, belly. No, I I don't I don't know, man. I don't. I have no idea. But I tried to hook him up with Rhonda Patrick. I wrote in his. I saw that on his comments because she could get him straight. I would like to see that. I'd like to see uh, Gordon Ryan that has no issues with peristalsis. Yeah, anytime you have to get over a staph infection, and the, the antibiotics they have to put you on to get over the staph That's infection. That's what it was from. That's right. They're yeah. just massive. Yeah. I mean, that they, they really take you out. Big it took out his whole gut biome. Oh, yeah. yeah. What, and, and made him have this. Well, he said it happened like three times within like a really short amount of time. Yeah. So he's, he's fucked. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But, you know, if anybody can get him straight, Rhonda Patrick can. And side note, Craig Jones took over for him in this upcoming, well, hell, it's next week so um, who is your favorite grappler now gordon ryan he's retired he's not retired he's retired he, no he's not he's still teaching 
As a matter of fact, he said he didn't want to teach because of his stomach. No, he didn't, Derek. He specifically said that. No, he didn't. Said he's never teaching Jeff Boone again. (laughs) Listen, it's 37% off on BJJ Fanatics this week. All right. No more DVD box sets. (laughs) We got all of them. (laughs) But. but yeah, that was that was a bummer of an update. Craig Jones is going to take his uh, place with Luis I don't know, Panza. I don't even know who that guy That's is. his name. I don't know who he is. Yeah. It sucks though because he was just on Joe Rogan talking about how he's going to try to just set his legacy as like unbeatable, and he's twenty five or whatever on track to do that and get derailed with this shit, which isn't even like well, not even like a legit. Not like he broke his arm and it was never the same. You know. It sucks. Like, how many viable opponents does he have, though? None. Like, when I when I heard him, when I first heard him taking a, a sabbatical or whatever you want to call it, like a leave, I was like, oh, he's just tired of not having anybody qualified to to challenge him. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, it's, it's his gut. So I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. But that was my first thought. And I was like, oh, he's tired of not having any challenges. Maybe, maybe. But I think, I think he challenges himself in, in different ways of, you know, trying to get all the submissions, you know, I don't know if he's going to, I mean, I can't imagine him missing ADCC this year. I mean, your son is going to do what it's going to do, Jeff. You I know, know man. That's such a bummer. Yeah. I mean, that's like second brain. You kind of need it. So it's tough. I think his point is though, like, cause he said he's missing training. Like if he's not comfortable that he's going to go out and dominate the way that he has, that he's, he's like, not, he, I wouldn't risk losing like that. If I was him either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you I can't agree. train you go in. Taint the legacy. Yeah. yeah. Not worth it. I agree. Okay. On from that. All right, folks. He's not ready to talk about it yet. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll no, touch on it in a couple more bit. weeks. Yeah. It's just bit. still raw. It's still, it it's a tender spot. It is. It's like a scab. Just keep picking it off. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go on to the next topic, which is jujitsu nicknames. Brian. What's your favorite jujitsu nickname? I know which you're going to say. I know which one you're going to say. I mean, uh, there's there's two of them. Two? There's two right. of them that sit right at the top of your list. I mean, yeah. number yeah. one, and I, you know, this is this is like tied for number one. Popcorn has got to be one of the best all time for the little popcorn shrimps. And then and if you guys could have, I would, this is one where I wish everyone could be there for it. Uh, because when Delvin said with a totally straight face, heat him up and he explodes. It was like, <laughs> boom. it was, it was magic for, for Jay. I mean, it was, he could, he could then own the name because it had something else with it. Delvin, you didn't like it at first. first. No, he didn't like it at did first. not? No. Baby shrimps? Yeah, he didn't like it. He's, uh, people could call him, call him popcorn, and he was kind of... Uh. People don't even know his real name now. Well, what's funny is he came to Denver one night, and I had never met him or rolled with him. And I was like, oh, because somebody called him popcorn. I was like, oh, yeah, Jeff, like, I heard about you. Jeff told me about you or something like that. And then we rolled, and I was like, did he take what I said the wrong way? Like, he was really getting <laughs> after it. Like, he's what they would say, a rambunctious white belt. Yeah, That's how I, I, would I was just like, man, I don't know if he's pissed or... No, he's he's mad at himself. So. <laughs> but it's a good thing if you meet someone and you don't know them by their real name, you just know them by their nickname. Yeah. Well, somebody it's else, like yeah, I'm Jason. It's like who's like 
popcorn. Oh, popcorn! Yes. Well, that's I talked to him before class. I was like, "Oh, hey, what's up?" And and then uh, Joey walked by and was like, "What's up, popcorn?" I was like, "Oh, I do know you." <laughs> that's great. That's great. And then the, the other one. It's such a good. It's such a Steak sauce. I mean, when when Brennan walked in with the A1 gi and uh, and steak sauce landed because he wears the A1 gi like that thing. That was perfect. Who gave that one? That one. Well, I think it was Landon. I, I, I think that was Landon, but oh, Landon was okay. the one that assigned it. So he kind of whispered it in a few of our ears. And so the rest of us just kind of picked it up and ran with it. <laughs> he sent that's Boone out there. That's classy. That's classy. I like Landon. it. I dig it. That's very that's classy awesome. of him. Uh, so, yeah, steak sauce. That's. that's Why is A1, A1 funny? Because he's an A1 gi. His yeah. nickname is Steak Sauce. Is it like, does it not fit him? A1 is the type of steak. Yeah, song. I get that. Why is that funny? That's well, because well, I mean, that's what I'm wondering too. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of A ones. I'm sure there's a lot of A ones. No, no. Listen, listen. Hold on. Every week I do this because Phil talks, and I'm like, yeah, that makes complete sense to me. And then like, and then it's Booney Tunes trying to like uh, describe some technique, and it's like, guess the technique by what Jeff says, and that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Like I understand A1 is like I But I feel the same way. Fit. No, A1 like, like stop yeah. trolling, Phil. I know you're trolling. You have to you have to spell out in ones and zeros. Him and Lex Friedman are computers. Uh, oh. But what if another guy with an A1 D yeah. comes in? Is he also is steak never, sauce? Would it be anyone else with can an only A1 be one steak sauce. There's like three kids in in our in Denver. That's kids. Three We're kids. Call him steak sauce. Well, see, I thought like, it didn't fit or something. Steak. There's one kid I'd call me. him steak sauce. <laughs> <laughs> like Brian asked me at one point to try one of the the origin geese, the soft one. I forget the name of it. And he's like, "Yeah, can I try yours on?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm an A2." And he's like, "So am I." And I was like, "You're." like six three like we can dream fit, phil like, like you can by all means you're welcome to like chris farley like fat man, little man little <laughs> i thought you were gonna say didn't fit bad guy a little code <laughs> all right Derek, your favorite yeah, I got to go with Pop. Popcorn was the one that stood out the most, and it was just intriguing how that could be a jiu-jitsu nickname. It was Popcorn. Uh, but also, uh, when I read the Liquid Terminator one, like that brought back like visceral like <laughs> moments of rolling with that person where they're just sweating all over you. And it's like... It's not so much the like face that bothers me. It's really when the sweat goes in your ear. That's terrible. That man. is the worst thing. Because you're sitting there possibly. rolling your ear all over. I'll literally do whatever out. I can do to switch to the yeah. other hip so that the like try to half drip those. Good at half guard. You've never <laughs> shrimped so hard in your life. I never shrimp so hard to get sweat out of your ear. Yeah. It is just the eye doesn't bother me. The mouth doesn't bother. It's like whatever, but the ear. What about the nose? You ever get it right in your nostrils? Yeah, it doesn't bother me. It's really, the ear's the worst. Either. I don't know in the problem. nose, it, I feel like I'm being waterboarded. Even in the mouth, I hate to say it, but even whenever I get sweat in the mouth, it's fine. When whatever. Even pool water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of my main training partners right now is a sweater, Big Phil. Oh yeah, Big Phil is a when sweater. He had, when he has, I mean, he's, he's got the rock star hair going on right now too. And oh, so yeah. like, and any, right. anytime like, oh yeah, pull him in guard. He's been sweating for a while, and then every night I'll sit there looking up, and, and like just one will come like hit me on the lip, like oh, <laughs> <laughs> just son of a, I'm used to it now, but oh. Oh, all right, uh, Delvin. Do I have to pick from the list? No, you don't. You you can you can use your own if you want. The first one I thought of was like one of the first people I rolled with, 
and he used to choke me out all the time. Big tall dude, um, and he was like sneaky with it. And his name was Blake, and his nickname, nickname was Blake the Snake. Ah, uh, yes, that's a good one. So good one. like that's that I remember that one like probably the best one. But like mm-hmm. then there were some good ones here. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. There were some good but ones here. Someone have a, someone has the nickname of Dipstick. They should not have that nickname. <laughs> that's that's a bad story. The yeah, that could not be is, a good story. You know, apparently this guy's favorite technique is the oil check, and every time he does it, he says a court low. You know, so that's uh, <laughs> that is not, a not one of our training partners. Thank that's goodness, that is not a technique. <laughs> it's that's oh, what he no, said it's a technique. Facebook thread. It's so. a real technique. <laughs> Not for jujitsu. Oh no, not for jujitsu. <laughs> no, not for jujitsu. <laughs> but it, but it is a technique. You're right. You're right. Touche. Touche. All right, Patrick. Tushy. Yeah. Yeah. This is bad. I'll see myself out. Favorite. Um. I. Yeah. I'm gonna go with two that I identify with. 100. percent Um. Liquid Terminator. Because I. My secret superpower is that I sweat a lot. You do. Um, uh, immediately. Mm-hmm. The only person I don't feel bad about sweating on is Phil. And that's because he burns like the surface of the sun whenever mm-hmm. you roll with him. So it like gets even hotter. And so I think my sweat evaporates as soon mm-hmm. as it hits him. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, bottom side control. I identify with that a lot. <laughs> that's uh, a good one. M- mostly because I think I really truly fell in love with jujitsu. I really like jujitsu. We were like going steady for a while, but yeah. I really fell in love with jujitsu when Delvin used to just get me in bottom side control and just hold me there and be like, what are you doing? Like I'm a one stripe white belt. Don't have no idea what I'm doing. And he's like, what are you even doing? <laughs> like completely demeaning. me. And so I really identify <laughs> I with it. So I like it a lot. That case of Katami. Yeah. I'm just like, taking the soul out of you yeah yeah oh. yeah, yeah it's terrible oh. what terrible. were you doing nothing, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> i was i i thought i thought i was doing some really good bridging and shrimping but uh again one stripe like white fish. belt uh, yeah it looked more like a uh, philosophical question though if you were really doing good bridging and shrimping but you weren't getting anywhere were you really doing good bridging it and was shrimping? And honestly it was after that um that i like legit started bridging and shrimping in my living room while I watched TV or did anything. If I was doing nothing, I was on the floor bridging and shrimping just because like there was no fucking way I was going to get caught like that again. I feel like there's something I've done here. Well, yeah, you abuse all the white belts in your side control, Delvin. You know that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, no, 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 man. No. How, How heavy are you, by the way? 240? Yeah. 6'4? 6'3? 6'3? I was 240 also when you were holding me in bottom side. <laughs> <laughs> five but, eight. but yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a tall 5'8. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, which one stuck out for you? Um, yours, like the Tim Duncan nickname that people give you because you're just the big fundamental. You're always into the fundamentals. <laughs> Tripling down. Yeah. <laughs> This is not my nickname, ladies and gentlemen, but I appreciate it. We were that. talking, you're like, does, does Blue have a nickname? I was like, no, he doesn't. I do appreciate that. You're nicknamer, but you don't yeah. have one yourself. Yeah. Well, the, I've been called Iceman because I like the ice baths, but that's just more of a joke. It's not a real nickname. Yeah, no, no. That's too cool. No, yeah, it's no way, way too cool. It's got to be it's good. <laughs> one of my favorites, and I just thought this was hilarious, and maybe it's just because I watch Cartoon Network all the time and all Adult Swim, but this one guy's nickname was Meg. 
<laughs> family guy. Took too long time. Took too long time to doubt. And everybody like, come on, Meg. <laughs> I don't know why that one stood out to me, but it was funny. That and Sub-Zero. You know, because Sub-Zero is a really cool nickname, that right? You know, funny. it's got a great killer move in in, uh, in Mortal Kombat, but it's not at all because of that. It's because the, he the, has the, zero the, submissions. Yeah, the, dis- the descriptor funny. made it that much better. It was a cool Mortal Kombat character, comma, but is really because he has zero submissions. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, I took notes and passed them out to everyone before this. It's a professional outfit we got here, all right? This is the most organized anything I've ever done in my life. <laughs> Episode 100. We got a lot to live up to. All right. Mm-hmm. When I when I when I got that email, the six page email <laughs> telling me what the dress code was, <laughs> I figured this was going to be a professional. I also I don't know why it just cracks me up, but uh, Big Bacon because and, and by the way, these are all nicknames from. See, I, I missed I that posted, one. That's yeah, funny too. It's great. I posted this on a group message board. I, th- I can't remember which one it was for jujitsu and asked for everybody's jujitsu nickname. And this guy says, my nickname's Big Bacon because I'm a husky cop. <laughs> I was like, a husky cop. That's just funny. <laughs> uh, Death Pixie. Let's see. Why Death Pixie? It's probably a girl. It is, sure. yeah. It's, it, actually, Michaela Presley, she's like a four-stripe blue belt for the last five years uh, out in out west. She's in. She's actually a moderator on Blue Belt Mafia. Nice. Yeah. And um, Girl Pants. Girl, girl Pants was another one. <laughs> for anybody who, who uh, has seen my phone and a text between me and Derek, his... Uh, his name in my phone is Derek Girl Pants because he once came. It was a theme party. Uh huh. And I'll have you know, those are the manliest pants from the 70s you could possibly find. Manliest woman pants. You know how you <laughs> can tell that females' pants is buttoned on the other side? That's what he's. I was like, those are women's pants. I, I was wish like, I could still fit in those was, pants. <laughs> <laughs> those were good looking pants. They were, they were really good. They were, girl, they really hugged your hips well. Um, sticky legs, Gumby. I'll post these up on the uh, Facebook page so you guys can take a look at all of them. I think it's pretty funny. Gumby's nah. a good visual, too. Everybody's rolled that. Oh, yeah. Everybody's for sure. Like Gumby, where you're just like, <laughs> the Americana doesn't work. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. Uh, moving on. How to maximize a private lesson. Thoughts? Brian? Have you, have, yeah. you, have you done any private lessons? I, I love that you came to me first because in my notes, to your notes, I was like, private lessons, uh, skip me, no clue. Skip you, no clue? All right, we can do that. I can provide no real value in this conversation. I promise you that. I mean, you haven't been much value yet, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm living up to my reputation. <laughs> Just there you go. Have you done? Have you done a private class? Early on, uh, haven't in, in a long time. Um, and I'm sure that as soon as I come off of this, I'm going to have 11 texts from Phil about why I need to start private lessons, which I will appreciate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who, who, who among the panel here has done some private lessons and how have you gotten benefit out of them? Long-term benefit. I've done a couple. Mm-hmm. I, I still remember the rob Two, one was with Steve and one was with Ryan Leggett. Mm-hmm. And with Steve, I still remember 
like the main point of what he said and I've taken that and gone forward with it so like if anyone's like mad at my side control blame Steve he's the mm-hmm. one cause it's it gave me a direction mm-hmm. to go towards cause at the time I think I was relatively new blue belt and it's kind of like you know where do I go Delvin Smash is what he said so yeah yeah and I I you that's how you, you apply it so you can sometimes you come in with a focus and I think Steve already had something on his head of where he wanted me to go that's fantastic on yeah. that day but yeah. I mean I think the best way is just going there with actually both times with Leggett Leggett came in with a series Eddie Bravo series that he was doing from guard mm-hmm. that I did not incorporate into my game but it was really really good technique and I want to. I would love to go through that same private and do the exact same thing again mm-hmm. because I probably have a better understanding. Of what? It. What? Ryan Leggett did a Eddie Bravo series with you. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I love it. I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions about that too. Yeah. Start coming back from quarantine. All right. Now, okay. like, now, 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 by, now, by now, by the way, like, since I know like next to nothing about like mm-hmm. anything world of jujitsu, I could have, I could have fucked that name off. That's possible, but I don't think I did. From half guard or close guard? Close. Oh, we have questions for Ryan. Yeah, we got right, questions just for checking. Ryan. That, that, thank you for that, Dylan. Uh oh, we got a lot. We got a lot. We got. It's not you. If I know, oh, this is not you. No, yeah, no. If I get something, from, but I, if, if this comes back to me and then Leggett comes back to me, he's like, we have to talk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he won't. He won't. No, talk. he's not going to talk. Right. They're like, uh oh, big bacon's coming at me. Now, now it's really over. Now it's really over. Husky cop. I've done uh, I've done quite a few private uh-huh. lessons. So, but it was because you know the the differences in our um, in our gyms is we actually test for blue belt, mm-hmm. and so uh, there was a, a, a series of eighty eight moves that we had to know, mm-hmm. and we we're only allowed to miss I think it was five, mm-hmm. you know, out of those eighty eight, and we had a time limit and all these other things. So I was uh, extremely nervous about having to go through that process, and so um, I took a probably a dozen. Mm-hmm. Maybe fourteen private lessons in the months, actually six, starting like six months out, leading up, and um, but it, it was uh, it, for me. So when I saw that question, how to maximize a private lesson, I was thinking to myself, well, I was doing mine, and, but I already had it. I had a it was a sheet like this, front and back, eighty eight separate moves that I needed to know the techniques, not be proficient in them, but know what what the point of them, uh, the techniques are, and how to actually carry them through and perform them. And uh, so I actually had a game plan in front of me of what I needed to know and by what time. So we broke it out into separate. Um, the, the, these are the moves from side control. These are the moves from guard. These are the sweeps. These are the back escapes. These are, And we, we went through the, that entire progression. And then, you know, a couple, like maybe a month or two months right before the testing, it was just a speed, like a repetition, just going through the entire test, going mm-hmm. through the entire test. So, and Kelly, my wife, did the same thing. So, mm-hmm. and I was her uki when she was testing. So I was like, she was doing them on me. So I got to go back through that white to blue test again, mm-hmm. uh, which really solidified a lot of things. There were so many things, so many fundamentals <coughs> and so many basics that I just not forgot, but like I wasn't using them on a daily basis when mm-hmm. I sh- absolutely should be for very simple techniques to help you out in mm-hmm. in things because those those basic fundamentals when you get really good at them it makes it makes that person a really hard person to roll mm-hmm. you know so absolutely and and that was the perfect game plan i mean that if, if two two things i think is probably the best 
Um, I think the best is Delvin's situation when Steve actually had something in mind for him that he really wanted him to get better at. I think that that's, I think your professor knows you uh, better than anyone by watching you roll and, 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 and rolling with you. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. No, it's, I mean, like, it, it really is. So yeah. where you're like, you have an idea of like, yeah, I need to go this way. And it's like, yeah, I've seen you. And I know you better than, and that plus experience. I know you better than, you know, yourself. On for the sure. Mat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he, that's his job evaluating yeah. us. Right. I mean, yeah. so, so that's, that's a really fortunate situation. Number two is the situation that Derek mentioned whenever he's got a, he's got a list that he's going through. And I would assume Derek that you were, you were going over that stuff in the, it, it, on your own and then like writing down any questions or whatever because our purple belt test is very similar to what you well, were just illustrating yeah so we're, we're fortunate in the fact that pedro puts all 88 moves it's him performing the moves like a video yeah. of it on the website so we yeah. can go through and match the moves up with but the the brazilian to english transition or, or translation i mean three or four moves are called the same thing sure they literally have the same name for it so i'm like oh well, which one is this so I, was, I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go through and watch the videos. I'm not getting muscle memory. I'm not getting repetition. I'm yeah. watching someone else do it. Um, and so I asked one of the uh, higher-ranking uh, brown belts. He's an instructor. Mm-hmm. And so he gave me a bunch of bunch of classes and helped out extremely well. And he teaches majority of the classes. And like I said, they'd gone through a lot of these in class, a lot of these moves. Mm-hmm. But there were some that just I'd only been around for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So some things you just, you don't get to see the instruction on it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, um, did you by any chance record your, any of your trainings? I did not any record of your privates. I did not record any of my privates. No, That's another so. top tip. Yeah. So that, Phrasing. I'm terrible at that, at the recording, but I'm also terrible at taking notes. Please, please don't record your notes. privates. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't do that. Just don't do that, please. I'll keep those to myself. Private <laughs> lessons, folks. Sorry about that. Uh, Welcome to BJJ. Yeah. Everybody's got those texts every now and then. But uh, <laughs> this is the BJJ podcast, <laughs> right? Now, I've got another. Podcast. There's an extra J on this one, buddy. Um, so, so that I would add to, um, you know, if you're if you're taking a private lesson from. If you're lucky enough to take a private lesson from someone who's really known for something, like like Charlie and I went to a Lucas Leche um, seminar, uh, and, and a lot of things in seminars are the same things that I would say in, in, to do in private lessons, which is go over your notes and, and do that sort of thing. But is that that half guard thing? Yeah, if you're oh lucky gosh. enough to take yeah. a private lesson from somebody who's the best in the world at half guard, then don't ask him to go over side control scapes. Right, that's like going to a seafood restaurant. I was like, "Can I get the hamburger, please?" Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Get whatever they knowledge that they have, and whatever little that you can absorb, take that in. So, um, a couple things for me is um, Phil and I recorded ours. It's just internet connections unstable. I think we're fine. I can still see Brian, um, and and also to make sure that you have a game plan if they don't have a game plan for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I think those are the, those are really the best tips that I have to offer. Phil. That was all the stuff I was going to say. So this was this was my question and I think that um maybe this is a question for everybody because everybody kind of said the same underlying thing. How do you 
figure out what that game plan is. You just pick it. What's what keeps happening to me. Okay. Mm. Okay. His open cards trash. That's what keeps happening to him. Yeah. That's so, what the subject so we did is. One, yeah, yeah. We did one yesterday because he has notes from Steve on what he needed to work on after his purple belt test. So I was like, why don't you just do a private with John on that stuff and fix some of it? Mm-hmm. Um, and you thought I was going to argue with you. I did. Usually you don't like I was like, like that was ideas. brilliant. It was a brilliant thought. No, I was happy for it. So we went over I some of that stuff. Immediately scheduled one with John. And Take note, everybody. Jeff just complimented Phil. It's the only time it's ever going to happen. doesn't do it when they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> they're not listening anymore. They no. <laughs> Everyone who <laughs> listens to the podcast is literally in this room right now. Well, we're down. Way down. The internet connection went out. But yeah, but I think also you can go back and, and look at it again. Uh, and I think specifically with that would was cool because I went back and rewatched a few minutes of it afterwards, and like your first ones suck. Like you're doing the shrimp escape and you're not bridging at all, and no, you just no. shoot out. Uh, which I think works for you. Like when you're rolling, I'm sure that works, and you get out of their amount, you know. But yeah. like that's not it. It's not the move. So you like got better at it through doing it. But I think if you can see yourself go through that third person view of the struggle will help remind of the issues with it you know and like totally agree from right whenever i did because i told him you know the first three things that we were going they were really the things that i was having the most trouble with like Mm -hmm. like that i i knew was trash and and whenever he said you you've got a bridge to shrimp you know i'm like yeah i know that i Mm -hmm. i but i wasn't doing it you know, and so so just having that outside perspective is super helpful, especially somebody as good as John. And I've been thinking a lot about like recently how often the moves come back that I'll like pick up different shit because now I'm struggling with a new part of the move or something else along the lines that I'm like, oh, I've never noticed him say that before. So I tried to go back and start watching a lot of the old instructions that I've watched in the past to like repick up, which I think would be good on the private stuff, too, because it's you're probably still doing some of that stuff wrong or in other places where you like hear direct feedback to you, I think would be a good. For sure. Thought. No, I totally agree. I totally. Agree. Other thing I, I did want to mention is like with anything else, whatever, whatever your note taking is, whether you're just a, a, a pen and pad person or, or whatever, that act of actually recording what, your notes are is more beneficial than your notes will ever be because the notes, whenever you go back and read them and like, I'll go back and read mine and update them. They're just hilarious. I mean, they're just, you know, it's like, I don't know. That's I terrible. so often don't understand what I did. Yeah, like, I, know, I, I, know. I don't even know what it means. I mm-hmm. totally agree. Yeah. But the act of writing them kind of solidifies, Oh, okay. I got to I got to I got to actually do these steps. And, and, and I started um, doing that in the very beginning when I first started training, mm-hmm. cause I just knew that I had to like, solidify what was in mm-hmm. my mind or else it was just going to turn into soup. No, it just evaporates. Yeah. I can't make it stick. I have not been able to make that habit stick of taking down the notes and recording them. And, and I hear so many people like students, my level students, a little bit above like grandmasters. They're like, yeah, 
record your notes, record, record, record. And I just, I have not been able do to do it. Do you do it with it anything yet. specific or just like whatever happened in class? Yeah, I would like when I have done it, which has been a very long time ago, it was just trying to write down the technique of what was going on during class, what went on during beginning class, what went on during advanced class. And then I do it for like maybe three or four times and then I just cut it short and just wouldn't do it at all. Yeah. And I, I really need to get back into it. I, do you like technology? I mean, are you a technology? I have it. You have. I have BJJ notes, and it sits. Good, like, I like it. Yeah, it's sitting yeah, right here, like as an unused app right. on my phone. I got to get back to it. <laughs> when we did See? all the seminars, all the everything we do, you I take notes. You do? Yeah. I never take notes anymore. Like, I don't know. I mean, do you not? Well, no, no, even all of them. I mean, there's that. a Lucas okay, Lecce half guard. The only thing I take notes on now is like one day, one day we get to it. If I'm like trying to focus on specific shit. And like I have problems with it, like I'll maybe make a note of that, and like what to go back at and look at again. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just feel like I, I feel like I, I'm like one of three people who ask the question. Like every class, I have a question, and I I feel like that kind of eliminated my note taking because like before I would like write down like oh what do I do with this? And I think it I just, takes a lot. I think it takes a lot um, from that. I think that note taking man i don't know i'd like to ask somebody who's been doing jujitsu i'd like to ask john like do you still take notes you know what i mean because i think as you go along you're going to take less and less notes and maybe you update your notes but i think that every seminar to maximize a seminar like we have a group that will like me and and roland and a couple other people will text each other our our notes from that seminar mm-hmm. and so that so that they can look over it and they can say all right we missed this so that then you know the next day we go back into an open mat and we just do that stuff from the seminar just to solidify it yeah. in your head you know mm-hmm. or or obviously you're going to try to incorporate it in your game if it's something that you you, you feel is appropriate at the time yeah i, I mean i've been I just haven't really taken notes in a long time. I start to do it and then I just, I don't really, I don't know. I don't even know if I see a benefit when I do it. Oh, you're the same as me then. I don't. Oh, okay. I feel, I'm just little, asking, I feel yeah, a little no. bit better. I, I feel used to, he used to I, take yeah, notes. I, yeah. I've, and then I've done it on and off since. And then like, that's what I'm thinking about is like, if I'm like, when I try to work on like butterfly guard or something, like I've been recently working on a lot of seated guard yeah. not getting my guard passed immediately right yeah so like that would probably make sense to go back and take notes on and then what we do in class i drill i pay attention or whatever but like i'm not focusing my note and like outside energy on that too like i'm more focused on this other thing but i still don't do it i no, just i think overall like just speaking life in general i've been reading a lot of stoic stuff mm-hmm. stoic stuff always talks about journaling like your life mm-hmm. and doing just an honest accounting of that and knowing how you feel and then i mean we do jujitsu a lot, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just like an hour a week and then we're done. Like this is like a, you know, 10, 15 hour more commitment every week that we're doing. And so since it's a part of your life, it might be worth chronicling. Like it's something I've got to consider, like strongly sit down and consider and at least, I don't know, like maybe after class, just even record something verbally. Oh, I like that idea. And, and well, listen to that's, it. maybe that'll do it. This is the thing me. about using technology is like, I mean, you have an iPhone, so just dictate it. I mean, even I think if, even if you have an Android, you can dictate into it. Yep. You don't have to type it, just yep. dictate it. And that's um, like, I, I've been in, into stoicism since I was like 16 years old. And so journaling and, and being in constant study of things is like 
every day. Like as it's just you, a habit. Yeah, as you two were talking about the, the note taking, I uh, so I'm a financial advisor, and after I leave client meetings, I open my phone up and I just start talking. Yeah, and it just dictates down into words, and then I just copy and paste that and. You know, talk about jujitsu after you leave a client. Well, no, thank God this boring <laughs> meeting is over. Now I'm back to my back half to guard. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, that, that was because yeah. I would get back to the office or get back to a stopping point and, and, and like forget half of what's in the all meeting. the details. Like, yeah. Immediately after a phone call, immediately after an in-person meeting, I would just start rant, like, rambling and uh, it would record everything. So I and I'm thinking as you're saying this, like, what if I just as a I have an as hour long home. car ride after jujitsu to get back to my house? So yeah. like that's a perfect time for me to just chronicle that what happened in the you know in that class or in the role. Absolutely, that's yeah, right. I think that would be a fantastic idea. I like that. Yeah, that's what I try to do every day. Like when I wake up, if I have a, if I wake up early, mm-hmm. I sit down in just quiet, no phone, no nothing, just journal. Mm-hmm. Or like at the end of the day, you're just sitting there, you're quiet. Especially, what? End up draw, there's only like one. There's only two squares. people in this room that have any kids, so I will write down like if something is I've never seen it before, and I want to like look into it or like make a note. Like uh, I will write those things down because I don't want to forget it. But there has been a shitload of times where I come in and they're like, "What do we do Tuesday?" And I'm like, "No fucking clue." That was a long time ago. That's the worst. I no you guys idea. Remember what we did on Tuesday. You're like. It was advanced class Tuesday, and we did uh, Kimura. Yeah, yeah. I was Maybe. in the morning. I did sack control. Thursdays escapes. was was uh, sack, sack control, control escapes, escapes again. Yeah, I can't even tell you what I wore yesterday. Are you kidding me? <laughs> does, <laughs> does your school have like a monthly theme? Man, I, I, that would be something that would be cool because I've seen like uh, Revolution BJJ whenever I trained up there in Richmond. Um, uh, Andrew with Andrew and. Um, the folks up there, John Bagels, Telford was up there. He's not anymore. He's in Raleigh, but uh, but they always had the theme, the month. Here's what we're doing. You know, yeah, we're, what doing, we're doing guard sweeps. Yeah, but like the the perfect thing about it was my very first month in jujitsu. Very first everything was uh, breaking the guard. It was an entire oh, nice. thirty days perfect. on how to break guard and Amen. base and how to break guard, like how to maintain your base and how to break their guard. Like that was my that was thirty days of that. Like I, I it just. Sheer happenstance or whatever. Like, there's no way I could have planned that out. But like, to have that be your—that's an awesome foundation. Yeah, right. And yeah. It's so funny because you know the one time I went up to train with uh, Pedro Sauer at his um, his main academy in Reston, Virginia. Virginia. That's that's one of the lessons that yeah. he was doing. It was really good too. Yeah, it was really good. That was so good. Um, Brian, anything that you do note taking wise? Anything that special? Anything we're not finding here? Not really. I mean, you know, I, I'm one of those guys that, that takes a lot of notes. Uh, the downside to it is I don't think I ever go back and look at them. So the, the piece for me is writing it down and, and hopefully there's some retention that, that occurs by writing it down. But what I, what I struggle with, I think, is a system to go back and review. Um, you know, I'm, I'm good about the notes. Not that important. Not important man. I mean, I really I mean, don't think the review is that important. I, I never, yeah, I never review my notes. I'm the yeah. same as you, Brian. I never review my notes. I just write them, and that's what helps. I think it's most beneficial. Maybe. Yeah. Just put so then I question whether or not there's around, a benefit, yeah. but I, I keep doing it. Well, of course, there's a benefit. The benefit is whenever you're writing it down, you're you're gaining a, a an understanding of physically describing that move. Right? You've just had that move described to you. 
And I know my descriptions are always spot on whenever we do moves. <laughs> but <laughs> but that act, you know, I is, wouldn't I would make fun of you by by mimicking it and I but I couldn't even do a bad enough job to mimic it. <laughs> it would make more sense me trying to make fun of you, so I just it wouldn't come out right. I know. I know. Well, that's my curse to bear. Um Anyway, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> I got, I, I think this is a good one to go through because, you know, all of us here are blue belts at, at kind of different phases, you know, um, uh, Brian and Patrick being the newest of the, the, the blue belts. And, a lot and, of wisdom. And, huh? A lot of wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of really bad advice coming out. There's like, now. there's like yeah. at least uh, 15 years experience right. in jujitsu exactly collectively. Right. That's exactly right. On this, on this podcast. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, you know, things, tips, tricks, because a lot of people out there are, are wondering how do you, how do you um, avoid the blue belt curse, right? Don't care that you got your blue belt. Yeah, that's that's a big way to do it. Just don't care. Yeah. Just keep showing up. Yeah. Don't don't worry about the the belt. Like yeah. like John says that all the time, and I totally one hundred percent agree with him. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't care that I'm, I. They could have given me a fifth stripe. Yeah. Um. They say that for the special people. <laughs> Del, Delvin's about to earn his fifth stripe on his blue belt. <laughs> yes, I sure am. I think I already did. I took it off. <laughs> Steve gave it to me. I took it off. So no one saw. Unra- unwrapped it. <laughs> Phil? I don't know. You just can't get bored and find ways not to get bored and just keep trying to get better. I, I don't know. Which way do you mean? Like, cause I, think uh, that I mean, it's not a mystery that, like, that most people, well, most people quit white belt. That's, that's yeah. true. But it, after a white belt, the majority of people who are going to quit, quit at blue belt. Yeah. And then after that, probably purple belt. Yeah, I was going to say, but it's it's a big drop off. So like the the numbers I think that I saw were what seventy percent of white belts quit, fifty uh, percent or more it was fifty percent or more of blue belts, and then only like twelve percent of purple belts and eight percent of brown belts quit. You know, so so it was like exponentially different. I'm not sure that this is a. I mean, maybe it is. I mean, but. Sheer determination is the only thing to get you a blue belt to a purple belt. Like, I, sure. I truly believe almost anybody can get a blue belt. Agreed. Um, yeah. But but a purple belt that's that's years and years mm-hmm. of just getting at it. And mm-hmm. to your point, it's not mail it in one hour a week, whatever. It's ten to fifteen hours a week. Like it is. I've actually cut hours back at work so I could do more jujitsu. I'm like, how how can I find more time to get into the gym and 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 get in there roles? I I don't know. I don't want to sound like a pessimistic on this one. I just think either you are or you're not. I mean, maybe you can give some people tips or tricks to, you know, stay motivated, things like that. But I don't know that I've missed longer than like two or three days of, of instruction or of rolling in the past three years. Mm-hmm. Even if I go out of town, I will go out of my way to find a gym somewhere else to just try to get some time in. I, f- I don't feel myself if I, if I have to go three or four days without going in and going to jujitsu. I feel weird. Mm-hmm. That's Absolutely. true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I got definitely some stuff to add to it, but I, I, I remember the one thing, well, Steve told me a lot of things, but one of the things I'm remembering right now is just to have fun. And then if mm-hmm. I added on to it, it's like, 
why would you ever take anything seriously as a blue belt? Right? Like, if you stick with jujitsu and then one day, you know, you know, you keep putting in the work and then one day you're a black belt, you're going to look back at your blue belt days and it's like, <laughs> yeah, I was a whole fucking clown <laughs> as, a, as a blue belt. And so why was everything so serious and... And I had to make sure that like, just show up and train mm-hmm. and and things will happen. But you have to find ways to make it fun and laugh at yourself when you do something stupid because you're <laughs> going to do many, many stupid things. On, but, on that note, how surprised were you when you found out that all the blue belts were sandbagging you as soon as you got your blue belt? You're like, oh, wait a minute. You're way better than you were rolling <laughs> me before. Like, what were you doing? I thought I was like getting close, and then as soon as you get your blue belt, they're like, "Oh, here's a footlock." Like, nah, son, nah, <laughs> that's not how it works. The very, the very, when I got my blue belt, it was um, just doing an ordinary class. It wasn't during a ceremony, and one of my first roles, and I hope I see him again, was with Frank. Dog it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, like I mean, purple belt. Yeah, purple belt, four stripes. Been training forever, and he just dog walked me. Just like the whole time was like he was like 18 moves ahead of me. And the whole purpose of it was like, yeah, congratulations on your blue belt. You got a long way to go. And it's like, yeah, I do. And I still do. <laughs> I mean, I, and that was almost three years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still an infinite way to go before I can ever turn to anyone and say, yeah, yeah I think I got this jujitsu thing mm-hmm. yeah. down pat taken care of. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like you just gotta have fun with it, and and laugh at yourself, and and have fun with your teammates, and it, it does become. Like, when I first started with Fight to Win, I was going two times a week. I was going Monday, and I was going Wednesday, and now it's like at five times a week, and it's like okay, yep. And now if I don't go five times a week, it's like this is kind of weird. I I didn't get to class enough this week, and. Yeah, it just because, but it becomes a commitment because you want it to become a commitment. Like you start seeing that, hey, I'm halfway decent at this, and I want to be halfway decenter at this, you yeah. know. And it it just builds on itself. Mm-hmm. Like I can imagine just going two days a week now; it'd be crazy. Mm-hmm. No, I couldn't. And, and to piggyback off that, like the whole have fun thing, and then it becoming a sort of escalating habit is taking it back to the whole stoicism thing of, you know, you, you will be the person that you are, that you continue to train to be. Mm-hmm. And that is as a person and, and in jujitsu. But, um, I remember, I think I was like a year in and I started feeling like too much stress, like going into jujitsu was just like a, a slog because I'm like, I need to get better. I need to be better. I need to, you know, like get these techniques, but it was like so much pressure I was putting on myself. And one day I was just like, should I even go? It's like so much stress. I don't even want to go. And uh, it was at that moment that I realized, I'm like, well, why did I start? I think that's an important question because like it led me to that, just go have fun. Because I started to lose weight. I started doing jujitsu to lose weight and have fun. You know, like go and do something that was enjoyable to lose weight. And so I just refocused myself on that. And that's what keeps me going in every single day that I go in Mm -hmm. is like, I'm just going in to sweat, and have a good time and see all the people that I enjoy seeing. Mm-hmm. And like through jujitsu, I've actually made a ton of friends and it's become fun because I, I train for fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, and, uh, I, you know, we're going to get to that, the social part of jujitsu, but uh, just one more thing on, on the, 
the blue belt blues. I think the more you worry or the more you set your goals as a certain belt, I don't think that's a healthy way to goal set. I think your, yeah. your goal setting should be, hey, I want to, uh, you know, my my um, clothes guard is crap. I need to really improve my clothes guard, you know, to, mm-hmm. to get to another level. Um, and, and you see it all the time. Ha- having fun and making sure that your your goal setting is, uh, you know, attainable in the in a short term, you know, and and you know my my goal in jujitsu is just to keep doing it. Yeah. You know, I mean that that's that's my long term goal um, because you know ten years from now, whenever we all look back at this and and hopefully all of us are still doing jujitsu, we're gonna have spent more time at the belt that we're at then than any of the belts that we have previously. Mm-hmm. So. Doesn't matter. Really I, I would even. I mean, I, you just said a few things that I, I really agree with, and it's really around the goal setting piece of it, right? Like when, when we started talking about the blue belt curse thing, like the first thing that came up for me is it was really a question, like what is this thing? Because I heard it early on as a white belt, and, and I know that when I came in, like I set my first goal was like get a blue belt. Like it wasn't. I didn't know well enough to say like just sure. get at jujitsu right so it, it was it was through some conversations and and i think it was patrick said like you know he's feeling pressure like to make this thing fun and surrounding yourself with people that enjoy the training you know to remove that pressure and to learn from everybody like i i've kind of settled into the idea that no matter what belt color i am like i'm i'm in the activity business like i show up i'm not in the results business like if i if i have the activity if i set a certain number of training days if i put in the hours like the results are going to come and sometimes i don't see them day to day to day but I get reminded of them and in this thing, as much time as we spent, I think Elvin said it, like if you're going to spend 10, 15, sometimes 20 hours a week doing something, you sure as shit better enjoy it. So what's the pressure? Like, this is what a gift to all of us. We get to do this. So I I just try to stay in the activity business as it relates to this. Wow. That's a really good point, Brian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got to enjoy the process. Cause like I've never been as frustrated as when I first got my blue belt and I couldn't do shit. So like, what did it matter? You know, and I wanted the blue belt bad. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I didn't realize that. I didn't either. You did. We talked about it because I was pissed that I didn't get it. Oh, And then I got it later. And then I was like, yeah, who cares? (laughs) Nothing changed. Like, it's like the guy that was a white belt that I couldn't do anything to. Still can't do anything to. I can't do shit. But I mean, some things do change. Like, they're subtle. Like, you go to class and you do those beginning reps and. Whoever sees in class, they expect you to do it a little bit better now. It's like, yeah, it's, that was good that you knew at this level at a white belt, but you're not a white belt anymore, so you got to step it up. Or when everyone's like, yep, all right, start splitting and, and uh, someone white belt, get a color belt, go with it. And then, you know, that new white belt's wandering and they're staring at you and it's like, oh, oh I have to teach you stuff now yeah. or show stuff properly in a demonstration way to help you out. So things, I mean, the volume gets turned up a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, so things do change a little bit, but as far as just rolling, you're absolutely right. Well, yeah. that's always been my, it's why I do it. It's like my measuring stick for everything is like, that's the, that's the fun part for me. And competing is like my measuring stick. So like, yeah, I have four stripes on the blue belt and I went out and I just lost the competition again recently. So it's like, I don't, I'm don't, it doesn't matter. Like I can go up a division or I can stay here another two years and I'd probably still lose to people and learn stuff 
the goal with like that's another thing I've thought about is like when you're competing and like I lost pens and that sucked but then it's like I watch a lot of competition stuff or not a lot but every now and then and like I watch Gordon Ryan or Marcelo Garcia and it's like then I think about like I don't even care what their blue belt matches look like because it's irrelevant, you know? It's like, so who even cares? <laughs> I want to go back now and look at the Gordon Ryan's blue belt matches <laughs> right? now. God, like, I'm intrigued. But like that would, that couldn't matter less. Guess you right? could say intrigued. Like best people in the <laughs> best people in the world. And like, that's what I'm so worried about. But it's like, all that matters is just trying to get better because you're so far from where you're, going you're to trying be. to go. Yeah. Like everything I do right now, everything I do sucks. Like compared to what it could be. It's true. I can verify folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. I, I think that's solid. I think that's solid advice. I think that, you know, just not worrying about the bells is the main thing. Uh, this next topic is, is one Derek, you wrote it down. Social jujitsu. What, what, what did you mean on the topic? Um, Mark, my sensei Mark says this all the time, like just how you, um, how you conduct yourself out in public. Uh, I mean, you could, you could name a thousand different instances where jujitsu has helped you navigate some, what you, prior to jujitsu, you would call a stressful situation, but it's now not a stressful situation <laughs> oh. because, oh, totally. you know, like maybe somebody yelling or you're in an environment where you don't feel like, like you feel like somebody might be unhinged or even right, the simplest thing would be like, what do, what do you do now when somebody cuts you off? Like, like in the, in, in the car and just like egregiously you know, almost causes an accident. I know before jujitsu, like I was mad, like I'm going to catch up with this person mad. And now I'm like checking the blind spots, looking around, are the girls okay? Everybody's safe. Whew, good. Good thing. We're, we're done with that. Like, all right, like let them go type thing you know? even more on that i was the same way right when i started jujitsu like that all flew, like all that stuff stopped like all that immediately it immediately stopped and like you know whenever there was like a a, a traffic jam or something it's like yeah, this is no big deal yeah. you know i've been yep. stuck inside and trolling to ryan leggett for five minutes you know i mean <laughs> uh-huh. this i'll just relax here this is not stressful at all but i think i think you're right i think it goes to this goes to that and also the fact that how you've changed as a person mm. since you started jujitsu, right? It's the same thing. Everybody gets maybe a little more patient. Maybe, uh, you know, it's no mistake before, before jujitsu, I, I was, you know, I've, I've been at sales for 15 years and, and, um, had always done okay at it and, and was very direct. Right. And that works with a lot of people, but it also, doesn't work with a lot, a of, lot people. of people yeah. and so to have that that to have that uh other arrow in your quiver of an indirect approach it made me i mean it it supercharged my career uh quite honestly yeah um so so it, as well as uh helping my personal life helping me helping me understand the that that um not being satisfied and just staying somewhere like inside control from Ryan Leggett, it's not an acceptable option. And that's in everything, right? Yeah. In your, oh yeah. In your, in your own personal life. I got out of a relationship that I was in for eight years that was going nowhere. And, you know, just, just for me all around, it gave me a per- different perspective on life. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, 
it's it's crazy what you're saying about like road rage um like one of the things that takes like what i do to the next level is just having an insane level of patience and calm like a calm demeanor through every last step of everything um because like i'm like basically like a a tech lead like a tech advisor tech whatever for um a big company and uh, so I have to like talk to stakeholders and I have to talk to developers and I have to guide product and guide development flow. And there's just a ton of stuff. And it's I have hard to be in a go between. Yeah. And I'm in every single meeting and everybody that I work with knows that I'm in every single meeting. They know that like, I love doing development work. I love writing code, but I don't get to do it um, because I'm doing everything else. And uh, one of the, one of the best, one of the best guys on my team right now, he's like, we were finishing up a call after another call and it was just he and I, and he goes, man, I don't, I don't know how you do this. He's like, uh, he, we were just talking about something. He's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how you do this, man. You're just like, so Zen. Like I, he goes, I would just like flip out when, you know, so-and-so like when somebody on the call kind of like got on, got on us about something. And I was just sure. like, I just like took it in, let them talk, let them do their thing. And then at the end, I'm like, okay, well, you know, we got that handled. This is what we're doing. This is what we've been doing for a week. Here's the tickets, you know, here's, you know, took them through the, the numbers on it. And at the end of it, they were like, Oh, sorry about that. And it's sure. like, if I'd flipped out, if I'd gone off, you know, got gotten unhinged about it, it would have gone South hard and it would have looked bad on me. I would, you know, it's like, I would have been the asshole. Um, sure. But at the end of the day, like jujitsu turned me into that person because I used to be that asshole that would, they'd be like, listen here. Yeah. You know, listen here, you little shit. <laughs> Try to use force in yeah. situations mm-hmm. that weren't going your way. Yeah. 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 And Absolutely. that's the same thing. It's like you muscle your way. You muscle in your jujitsu, you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you start yeah. realizing there are options. Uh huh. Like, I mean, what's the phrase? Something like if you know you're just a hammer, you 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 know see every problem as a nail, mm-hmm. right? And then you start getting other tools in your toolbox, and you start pulling them out every once in a while, and, and it helps. And yeah, I mean, I just do data analyst work. It's nothing even you know super stressful or anything, but it's always funny when you hear someone's like, oh, you know, we have a matter requiring immediate attention or whatever. It's like, eh, like if you have a matter requiring immediate attention and you're given like three months to resolve it, is it really that immediate? Like, no, like what is immediate if someone's sinking a rear naked choke in and they have both their hooks in and you've been trying to squirm out and you can't. That's immediate attention. That's a matter that requires immediate attention. You cannot ignore that. Right. You can't ignore that. You can't wait two months to resolve that. this three month thing. Yeah. You got to solve that now. And, and But with that mindset, though, uh, yeah, it just you just have those options. And when you start realizing that you have those options rather than just anger or immediate like you know like blunt force to everything then things turn different for you and and jujitsu absolutely does help with that like i don't i don't even recall the last time i just outright lost my temper with someone Mm -hmm. like even even today just had something today where i just moved into a new place um plugged in the washer dryer or the washer started it and then came back to a room full of water because I didn't because I didn't put the hose into the freaking drain like an idiot and I'm like okay would be like stupid stupid right stupid. And, 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 and the entire time instead of like the first thing I figured out we'll start thinking about was how like how do I fix this all right gotta go open up the towels and start, start throwing towels at it and everything and then the whole time where there's like one part I mean it's like you know like, God, you fucked up, and it's still like, like, no, no, 
It's done. Yeah, it's, it's spilled it's, milk. Yeah, right? it, yeah, it's right. done. Oh yeah, totally. It's not helping anything mm-hmm. to do it. And like, it's like forgive yourself, keep moving on. And that directly applies to the math. It's like, yep, made a mistake. All right, if you spend time dwelling on that mistake, you're about to commit three more. I'll go one step further on that, Delvin, and I'll say I'll laugh at myself over something like that. Uh, I'm, like, I'm like, you're yeah. just a big dumb idiot. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, uh, you know, and you always will be. So, so yeah, fucking have a, have a ball with this. Yeah, because you're gonna keep doing some good shit. job. <laughs> you know, it, it does help. It does help. I mean. It's counterproductive to dwell on stuff like that. This is uh, this is the beginning of Steve's last seminar that we did at Denver. You know, like you're in bottom side control. You're flat on your back. And where, where do you go? Like mm. you got to take those little inches. You got to find those those small movements that get you into a better position. And I think that that's so ingrained into all of us at this point where it's like when we come up with little things like because that happens to me all the time, too. And um, this is maybe another thing for you, Derek, because like you're the only one in here with uh, like kids and i don't know how old your kids are but um it's like made me a more patient dad oh, yeah. you know like my kids do whatever they like color on whatever or they'll spill something and i'm just like and they'll they'll start crying or freaking out my kids are small and uh and i was like it's fine don't worry about it we'll get some paper towels it's like not a big deal yeah, it's not i'll get the i'll get the magic eraser and we'll get this crayon off of this it's like whatever it doesn't matter how old are you kids uh four and three when they get like the five, six year, seven year old and they're in jujitsu, like it's no longer child abuse as long as they're on the mat. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Yeah. amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, oh. <laughs> Derek just incriminating himself for abusing his children. No, just kidding. Recording in progress. I saw, um, or I was, I was thinking at, about that, how jujitsu changed, you know, that, that whole, how's it changed my life? And I, I, I was actually like really just thinking about this, like how I use jujitsu, you know, off the mat. And the first thing I thought of was like conversations, like how jujitsu is a Q&A session. It's a conversation with somebody else using technique, using hmm. whatever. And um, and I really started looking back and like ever since I started jujitsu, like my conversations with people have gotten better. My clients, um, I find out more about people than they find out about me because I'm no longer like like. Uh, first and foremost in saying everything about myself I'm more waiting to hear more about them what about this or what about that and not in like a prodding but just like an inquisitive type of oh how does how does that more work? curious yeah very very curious about what it is and that in in sense uh, you know ends up just being a, a way better conversationalist to ask them more questions than you're saying things about yourself and that's what jujitsu is like if you run in there head first like like all wrestlers do when they first come in guess For what sure. guillotine right yep and and it just it's it's one of those things like you, you can't just be you're, you're boisterous or boisterous about this like yeah, it's it's a Q and A. Yeah. Did you break? So Brian, um, I think this. I'm particularly interested in your response because you it, it for everyone at home. Brian runs an events uh, company, and um, last year with COVID, uh, there were no more events to be catered or parties to be thrown or anything like that. How did that cha- how how do you think that changed what your approach would have been before jujitsu as to, opposed to after? 
Yeah, it's uh, this is one I was particularly interested in when I saw it on kind of the the, the discussion points for today. I mean, you know, I, I listen to what everybody else had to say, and I, I really agree. Like the big thing for me with jujitsu, it's just it's been it's turned the volume down on so many things, and and it applies you know equally in my life. You know, it might be somebody in you know cuts me off in traffic, as you guys said, or it might be somebody like I was on a plane the day before yesterday and you talk about unhinged people like the guy behind me lost his shit because uh somebody bumped into him and i you know i just it just turns the volume down i wasn't like that would have been a really stressful situation for me but you know there's been there's been so many positive changes in my life since this started i mean you can go to the obvious things like weight and health and stress and you know attitude i think but you know i think a better way for me of describing it is just is really looking at the things in my life that surprised me you know the the team aspect of jujitsu was not something that i really expected like it it's you think about it as a one-to-one combat sport but when you go in there like the willingness of team members to help each other you know on and, and off the mat and if you choose the right team like that's a real thing um you know, answer. I mean, you get every question answered about a technique or about it. And, and listen, I, in my first year and second year and probably third, fourth, fifth, sixth and seventh year and beyond, I'm going to ask some dumb questions, but I know that somebody on the team is going to put their hand up to, to help out and, and answer those things. And, and it's been pretty amazing. Like, you know, the, the volume's just gotten, gotten turned down and, and there's you know, some of it, like, another surprising piece is just the number of friendships, uh, that are, that are real friendships, you know, across totally different sets of people. Like it's mutual admiration, it's mutual advancement, you know, as we progress in our journey and, 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 you know, some of it's mutual suffering. Like it's, 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 fun to be able to look back oh, at, yeah. <laughs> at guys at certain you know levels of their white belt and go yep no i know exactly what that one felt like um and so you know the last year of my life like i've heard a lot of people talk about you know how tough it's been or how hard it's been and i, I don't doubt that it has been for a lot of people but now this has been the one consistent thing like my business has been effectively gone for a year and it's coming back now, which is great. Um, but I've been able to work, uh, on the things that I've been able to work on. I've been able to spend time with my family and I've been able to train and without those things, I don't know, uh, mentally, like it, it would have been a different thing for me without jujitsu. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Anybody else? I was going to say like the ability to like reflect on a situation instead of focusing so much on why I did what I did when it didn't go well, uh, just on, you know, what actually happened and what could go better in the future. Cause I would, and I still do it, but I try to recognize when I'm doing it of like, you know, it doesn't really matter why I did it. It wasn't the best and probably could have handled it better. Yeah. And recognizing different perspectives, you know, and, and, yeah. and, the default being, oh, there's probably just a lack of communication or, or I'm not understanding something rather than this person's just doing this to piss me off. Right. Type of thing, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I really like what Brian said when he said, uh, turns, turns the volume down on everything. Yeah. I really yep. felt that a hundred percent. 
I think that has a lot to do with, I think everybody's journey starts off with the first six months, you just learn how to breathe while somebody's crushing you. you <laughs> literally. Know? Really. Like you're literally learning to it's not so hold your breath awesome. and to take even breaths and not gas out in, you know, the first 30 seconds when you have, you know, Joe Cumbo <laughs> squashing your rib cage, yep. you know, and, um, you know, I just think that that gives you such a different um, view on everyday circumstances. Like what Brian was saying, being on an airplane and having a guy flip out behind you. It's like, what's the worst that could happen, man? If somebody bumps into you, like, what's really the worst that can happen? Nobody's mm-hmm. crushing you. Nobody's trying to choke you. Nobody's, you know, nobody's trying to hurt you. You just, you know, just chill. And then yeah. the other side of it, like, just such a insignificant thing just ruined that whole person's day. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Right, to yeah. And by the way, yeah. by the way, they did it to themselves. Right, uh-huh. exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. And and they let such an insignificant thing do that. It's, yeah, it's insane. You shouldn't even you shouldn't even have that in your head. But unfortunately, that person did. There's like yeah. bigger fish to fry than like worrying yeah. about some dude cutting you off in traffic. You know, like there's much much better things to worry about. Could you imagine though, like you know, you're on a mat and you know. Somebody's about to sink into like some devastating side control and then whispers into your ear like you're an asshole. And then you're like, man, I'm really mad right now that you called me an asshole. <laughs> but I can't do anything about it. Yeah. Is, is, that, is that the Legs. important thing? That's not the important thing. The important thing is he's about to crush your face with his shoulder. But you're worried about the words? Yeah. Oh. I mean, anything. Nope. You're right. Well, folks, listen, I, uh, I I value and appreciate every one of you as a friend and, and training partner. And that's why Phil and I wanted you guys on here and want it to be part of a special episode. And, and we hope that for everybody that, that this episode 100 uh, lived up to its billing. I mean, we've only been talking about it for two years. And uh, and so so hopefully it met, met everyone's expectations. And uh, um, Phil, tell the folks out there, if they choose to do so, how they can support us. Share the podcast with somebody. Share it and and subscribe to it right we need more subscriptions let's bump up those subscription numbers where are uh, we at five star ratings i have no idea five. oh yeah good thank you delvin delvin also <laughs> runs a podcast shout out to delvin's podcast what is it Delvin? tell them out there long box crusade and what is that about comic books yes <laughs> oh yeah and he also did which i found intriguing patrick he, has a podcast you do yeah he does <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. You do? Oh, is that the name of your party? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> what is it? It's called Almost Famous. Um, the the F in Famous is a PHP, and it's a developer podcast. Oh, cool. But my um, co-host, he um, recently had a child. Well, he didn't. His wife did. Yeah. But uh, he sense. is that just as sleepless. Yeah. yeah, I know, right? Um, and uh, so we have been very inconsistent over the last six months. We've done probably two episodes. Okay. Can't relate. Um, We're very disciplined with our releases. <laughs> we so super regular. Uh, the other one that Delvin did was a, a, a Bond. I still hadn't listened to that. Yeah. The, um, that was... I can't, I can't remember. Majesty's Secret Podcast is the name of the uh, that one. And then we did a show on there called uh, Rookie Agents. And my awesome. six rookie agents where we went through all the Bond movies. That's cool. That's super cool. Uh, Derek, how about you? What uh, what what kind of podcast do you have? I guess everybody has a podcast, right? I do not have a you, podcast. You don't have a podcast? We'll get you one started. We'll get you one started. Yeah, there's I'm no still requirements. Trying to get back on Facebook. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <don't> <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, uh, with that said, uh, if you're not out there trying to do something 
to make yourself better each and every day, get out there and do it. Phil, Derek, Patrick, Brian, Delvin, Phil, again, and myself, we all choose jiu-jitsu. We hope you do too. I'm about to feed them to the sharks right now. Get them hyped right now. Yeah. You know the ground is up. Yeah. Everybody that trains, you know the game. Yeah. So let's get it. Uh. Slap it up, bump it and roll. Hey. Yeah, that's the way that it go. Ain't no better way to better yourself in this game. You're feeling the growth. That's, That's time on the mat. We put in the work. Believe it ain't easy, I know. You know. But we train for the love of the game, the love of the art. Now slap it up, bump it, let's roll. Let's roll.